National League Championship. They have beaten the Padres 4-3, and they celebrate on their home turf as the Phillies of the 2022 NL it is hitting season. Hey there, everybody. I'm John Stolnes from The Good Fight. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolnes and Podcast Pals. Phillies wrapped up a pretty rough homestand against the Marlins and the Braves here on Wednesday night, uh, losing three out of four to an, an incredible Braves team that just appears to be a juggernaut right now. The Phillies played them real tough through the first three games of the series, but on uh, the final, the finale here on uh, Wednesday, couldn't hang. And so the National League East belongs to the Atlanta Braves once again. Atlanta's celebrating on the field at Citizens Bank Park, taking three of four from the Phils. And this is after the Phillies dropped two of three to the Marlins to start off the homestand. Quite a difference a month makes. Uh, we're winning every game, it seemed, at home in August and now in September. A real grind against some pretty good teams here so far. But joining me to talk about what we saw the last couple days against the Braves and uh, what, we, what we're looking at moving forward, Justin Clue. We don't usually chat here on the midweek show, but, um, you know, we're starting to get down into it here. And this was a, this was a big series with lots of ramifications and um, I don't know if this was necessarily kind of a barometer series for the Phillies, but I thought, Justin, the Phillies hung real tight with them in the first three games. They honestly could have won all three games. You could argue they should have won all three games in the first three games of this series and, and could have been going for the sweep here on Wednesday. Instead, they were looking to try and split the series, which is kind of what we wanted at the start, and ended up losing three out of four. It's a, a disheartening finish to a homestand uh, that everybody was looking forward to when last week got started. Started. Unsurprising, I think, is the yeah. tragic way to, to describe this series. Game played out today uh, exactly like it did on paper. Braves jumped on Christopher Sanchez. Spencer Strider dominated. Nobody in the Phillies lineup really had an answer for him. They needed a lot of luck, it felt, to make a little contact. And, uh, yeah, things things just kind of played out the way you would have predicted if you were if you were looking at these the, this guy's numbers, this team's recent stretch. Uh, but that being said, I mean, I, I still hesitate when you say, oh, this team hung tough with the Braves for three games. You know, I, I just find myself having a range of emotions where I'm like, mm, did they? But then if someone said they looked lost this whole series, they'd be like, mm, did they? Like, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough because they, you know, you could frame it either way, that they hung tough with the Braves or that they didn't get the hit they needed. And I think I am still siding on the on the negative side. But I, I do I do have an option for you here. I could give you a level one response to the Phillies losing three <laughs> out of four. Or I can okay. give you a level 10 response. I've prepared both. I'll probably just give you both. I would love to hear both. Um, and so um, how do we want to do this? Do you want to, do you want to start with level 10? Do you want to start with level one? I mean, is this like a starting with good news or bad news kind of thing? I think it'll be better for my emotional whiplash if I start with level one. So that All right, can, let's let's hear level one. And I can level react. one, yeah. you know, and this is a level one, most reasonable to most chaotic. And if we start down here at, at the base level, I think it is possible to take a rational view of this series. August wasn't that long ago, but, you know, obviously every game matters. But the Phillies have also the luxury of putting themselves in a pretty okay spot playoff-wise. As mm -hmm. uh, Destiny Legardo from Phillies Nation was tweeting earlier, that they they really have to go out of their way to oh, yeah. not make the postseason. That 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 isn't the fear right now. They'd have to go like eight and nine, and the teams behind them would have to have astronomically successful September's, which they don't seem to be doing. Uh, right. So you could just call this series the low point of a rough month. The Phillies, yes, they do look pretty pathetic when they get like this. They don't just look, you know, rough. They look just 
pathetic. Uh, but we've seen them bottom out before, and they've bounced back. Strider is a National League Cy Young contender. He's going to do this to you on occasion if you face him more than a couple of times a year. It's unrealistic, like I said, that they don't make the playoffs, so you're not really concerned about that. And two of their three losses in this series were like a hit away from being a win. Uh, it's It sucks to lose three out of four at home. Uh, it's a little embarrassing, but for the most part, you just pack up your stuff, move on to St. Louis, and really just treat this series as uh, almost just like, if we're seeing if these problems that they showed in this series are quarantined just to playing the Braves. If they right. start getting shut down by Dakota Hudson in St. Louis, you're going to have maybe some other problems to talk about. Yeah. Now let's ratchet it up to a 10, which is basically <laughs> where I was for most of the last couple of days, but Fair trying enough. to just keep it inward you know just kind of swallow that hand grenade uh yeah. when people look back on this season they're going to say this they're going to say either if the phillies made the postseason that this they're going to see the phillies eventually run into the braves in the playoffs and be like well what happened last time the first thing they'll do is point to this series and the second thing they'll do is pick the braves to beat the phillies in the playoffs but if the phillies don't even make the playoffs when they look back on this season they'll say this was the series that killed the phillies they lost momentum and never recovered the phillies don't have a pitcher who can throw a baseball that the braves can't hit 900 feet Spencer Strider, I'll give you, but this offense also got ratioed for two nights by Brad Hand and letting Ugh. a division letting a division rival clinch their playoff spot, clinch the division in your ballpark should eliminate you from the postseason, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I think I'm I'm closer to the the one scale than the ten scale, although I can certainly see how how folks get there. And I this was a this was an infuriating series. Obviously, I mean I'll I'll say this about about the Braves first of all. I've never seen a team that misses absolutely zero mistakes like the Atlanta Braves do. I, I've never seen an entire team like this where every single every single hitter in the lineup is having a career season. Every single one of them. <laughs> there, there's not a single person who is not having a career. Listen, Acuna has a 10.02 OPS. Albie's OPS is 8.12. Riley's OPS is 8.50. Olsen's OPS is 9.99. Matt Olson has has 51 home runs, and he's not even going to be in the conversation for the NL MVP. Ozuna has an OPS of 870. Orlando Arcia is the low man here with a 762. Sean Murphy's at 872. Michael Harris II's at 803. The entire lineup is over 800 in terms of OPS, some of them way over. What's going on here? I mean, none of these guys have slumped at all this year for, for a second. Now, you can... You know, the optimist in you will say, well, it's it's got to come at some time, and October would be a real good time for it to happen. But I, the big takeaway from this series for me is, and I think this is kind of what you were saying just a second ago, the pitching staff was got blown up. Like the, the Especially the starters. All four starters in this series were, were knocked around. And the bullpen pitched really well, actually, in the second two games of the series. But the first two games, the bullpen was getting knocked around quite a bit. I want to know moving forward, and I think here here's going to be the key to the Phillies finishing this thing off and, and getting whether it's the top wild card or just a wild card in general. Because you're right, they would have to it would have to be like a, a historic collapse for them not to make the playoffs at this point and get one of those one of the three wild cards. But they're just a game and a half up on the Cubs because the Cubs lost two out of three to the Rockies in Colorado, and you also had the Diamondbacks uh, losing two out of three to the Mets. This week, I mean, so you you have these other teams who are chasing the Phillies in the wild card race. The Phillies are benefiting from from these teams behind them not being terribly good. And what is gonna what's gonna make the difference from this point out? Now that this four game series against the Braves is behind them, the only team they play with a win winning record the rest of the way through is Atlanta again for three games in Atlanta um, next week. 
They're going to they're going to St. Louis for a three-game series against the Cardinals. Then they have two more series against the Mets, and they have a home series against the Pirates. How the Phillies do, because I think they're going to lose two out of three in Atlanta. I mean, there's I don't think there's any question about that. They might get swept in Atlanta. But they're going to make the playoffs based on how they do against these dregs. They manage, even losing three out of four to the Braves, they still managed to hold essentially the same lead as they did after the doubleheader was split on, on what was it now, uh, Monday. So it's not no harm, no foul, because you win some of these games, you put some distance between yourselves. I mean, the Phillies, with all of these late leads that they've blown, these these home runs that they hit late in games that they then can't capitalize on, I mean, they should be like five, six games up on the Cubs right now for the top wildcard spot. That, that should be where they are. But they're not. But they have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way now that they've gotten this Brave series out of the way. And they they just don't... The, the, the thing that worries you about the Phillies is that th- their, their level of play doesn't seem to correspond necessarily to the talent level of the team they're playing. Now, in, in August, they I think they should have won a few more games than they actually did in August. As good as August was, they left meat on the bone that month. I mean, they really did against some against some not-so-great teams. They, they didn't clean up. I mean, they did well, but they didn't clean up that month. And here in September now they're they're staring down the battle barrel of another losing September. They're after the loss here on on Wednesday night. They're they're five and eight in September. Uh, they had a two and five homestand and again against some tougher teams, but you're gonna have to beat some of these teams. And I think what I'm gonna be really concerned about is can this pitching staff, can this starting rotation write itself against offenses not named the Atlanta Braves? Because Christopher Sanchez in this game on Wednesday night, Justin pitched pretty great. I mean, he went, he pitched into the eighth inning, had 10 strikeouts, but still gave up four runs early to really kind of set the tone. And then the Phillies, I don't know how Spencer Strider got seven innings, Justin, after throwing, did he throw like 35 pitches in the first inning? 36, I believe. And and then and then he ends up, you you let him off the hook and in a, in a night when Raziel Iglesias and Minter are not available you can't knock him out earlier than seven innings. Oh, it's yeah. just, I'm, it, oh. I'm as sick as anybody is talking about how good this Braves team is, which like you got to talk about it when, when the team you cover is playing them. But I'm boy, I'm, I'm sick of giving them compliments because at this point I'm just, I'm just bored of how good they are because you know, when you got to play the Braves, it's not fun. Like we watched them have fun playing yeah. the Phillies. I hate yeah. that feeling. That feeling was very present uh, a couple of years ago, and that was the worst. You know, even when you were a team that were, wasn't expected to be competitive, you were still like, all right, but, you know, we're coming out here. You know, we got our pride or our dignity or whatever. But when the other team's just, like, having fun running around the field, you're just like, okay, what are we even here for? Why did we show up today? Uh, and uh, the the scope at which the Phillies, you know, the spectrum from which they can they can operate on from, like, super exciting and effective to – Kind of what you saw tonight o- offensively from the Phillies is uh, it's deflating. And I think mm-hmm. this series was more damaging to morale than it was to the Phillies in the standings. But that uh, when you blow a game where Christopher Sanchez pitches into the eighth, I mean, that's that's another sign that this series just wasn't going to – it wasn't all clicking for the Phillies here. Uh, once, more, once more, we're seeing something work when something else doesn't. And when those two sides can't support each other, you know, when the offense offense can't capitalize on the number five starter going deep into a game against a really good lineup. I mean, this 
this, these guys are capable of scoring more than four runs. We've seen them do it so many times. You know, you can you can beat the Brit. You don't have to be, uh, you know, well, you have to throw in the towel when it's four to one. So, right. yeah, that's, that's, that's what makes it especially disappointing because impressive pitching performances are really tough to come by for this team right now. And, and even as impressive as this was, you know, he still did give up the the four runs early, but but really kind of stayed. Right, look how easily I'm impressed. You know, yeah, it's I mean, more just like what is well, an adequate start for a number five starter? This is this is pretty good. Yeah, it's you know, great. When you, and, when you think about what you want from a guy like that, this yeah. is pretty good, and you should be able to capitalize. Well, he he pitched the best out of anybody in the series, and that includes Zach Wheeler, who got blitzed. <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. in the game in the game on on Tuesday night. I mean, Zach Wheeler. They just they they pounded those three home runs off him. Now now I will also say too, Wheeler got hosed by the home plate umpire in a couple of those spots and it directly led to to at least one of those home runs um so three straight calls yeah three straight calls i mean just unbelievable how awful that was so i mean it's just that's there's there's that and you know sometimes you're you're unlucky as well and so i guess eh, when you're playing a team that's as good as atlanta is and I think we have to talk about it because I think it does reflect on the <laughs> Phillies right now. No, I mean, but like <laughs> how how much of what we saw with the pitching staff, how much of what we saw, because I think when one of the things I learned from this series is that the Phillies can sluggle, slug away with anybody here. I mean, that was one of the positive developments is the Phillies just continued to hit home runs. Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper, these guys continued to do it. The, the, the bottom of the lineup was kind of up and down, but they did enough. Like offensively, this team did enough in this series. Uh, the game here on, on Wednesday, losing four to one, it was almost a palate cleanser. After the after the absolute gut punch games in the first game of the doubleheader, and then uh, the second game on uh, the game on Tuesday, where they tie the game up late, and then they, they just can't execute the fundamentals. And I wrote about this for the Good Fight. Um, the the difference in those three games between the Phillies and the Braves wasn't the offense. It wasn't even really the pitching staff. It was executing the fundamentals, not being able to get a runner over to third base with less than two outs in the, in the bottom of the ninth inning on, on Tuesday, Brandon Marsh, not being able to put a ball in play with a runner on third and one out in the bottom of the 10th inning trailing by a run, uh, having your reliever, not throw a wild pitch to put the, to put a, a second run in scoring position in the 10th inning of a game in which you just tied it up moments ago, just having your, having a relief pitcher once in a while Get out of a get out of the top of a tenth without giving up a run, even though there is a ghost a zombie runner on second base. It seems like every it seems like every other team does that to the Phillies. And in fact, uh, what was it? Um, uh, oh, uh, uh, Scott uh, Corey Seidman had this uh, had this note. The Phillies have lost their last five extra inning games. They've scored three runs in their last seven innings with the zombie runner at second base. Like how how is you're being given a runner on second and nobody out? And in the last seven occasions that the Phillies have been given that opportunity, they've managed three total runs out of, <laughs> out of that. Like you're just you're the reason you're losing all these one run games. There you go. It's that and and the bullpen right now. And so I just I wonder how much of what we saw with the Phillies and the pitching and all this kind of stuff was the Braves, and how much of it is, oh my gosh, it's September again. The Phillies are going through it again. Will this carry over into St. Louis? Will this will the pitching struggles continue against the Cardinals? And you know, do they have a prayer to go back into Atlanta and just like even steal a game or two there? Well, as I sit here in the beautiful ignorant past in which we do not know the future, uh, I will say that I'm I'm at this moment confident that getting out of this Brave series is the best thing for the Phillies. And I think in St. Louis, uh, you're going to see them 
playing better at, at the very least. You, you and that that's kind of what you want here because uh, you know, here we are in September. Uh, you, you just don't want to see any comprehensive or long-term looking issues or vibes where uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that's going to affect them in the long run here. You get playing the Braves, you get maybe one missed opportunity against the Braves before they just steamroll you. And it really, it, it sucks playing them because you, that can come very early, like it did tonight. Not capitalizing with runners on base against Spencer Strider. You don't know if you're going to get that chance again. And they, and, didn't. and they didn't, and that was it. <laughs> he just smothered them for the rest of the night. Uh, and so like playing the Braves, you really can't, you really can't afford that many mistakes. And honestly, this is a team that makes mistakes. This has all season long been a team yeah. that makes mistakes when they have been playing at their best. They have been wobbly and uncertain in certain areas. And that's just, that's not going to hold up against the Braves in a four game series in every four game series. If you yeah. looked at this last series as the kind of definition of how these two teams match up right now, you'd say the Braves are really good and they never mess up. The Phillies are really good, but they're going to, you know, but they mess they're, up they're, sometimes. Yeah. They're going to mess up once or twice in a game. And they played a lot of teams where they could afford that teams that were, you know, near their skill level, maybe a little lower teams that were well below them. And they were able to, you know, mess up as many times as they, as, as they were, as they wanted, which wasn't a ton, you know, they're not a mm-hmm. bad baseball team, but it was enough uh, against a team like the Braves to cost them some victories. And I think that's, that's, all you're going to be able to conclude from this. And I, I'm with you. I, I feel confident about St. Louis, but I'm I'm not going to sit here and say I don't think they'll just get swept in Atlanta. It's almost comforting to say, like, yeah, they're going to get swept in Atlanta. So yeah, that bake that, into, let's happens, bake that into the cake so we're ready for it. <laughs> yeah, let's just start talking about it now. Let's just record an episode where they've been swept in Atlanta and just get yeah. it out of the way. I think it's good that they have the day off on Thursday, um, kind of get this series because they, they, the two losses again were just those two soul crushing losses before the game on on Wednesday, and you wonder right. if that's got to take a toll at some point. You would think. I mean, they're human beings. You, you you do all that work to come back from a six to one deficit. You hit all those late home runs. You tie it up again, and you just you you, you can't you can't capitalize on that opportunity. Again, it's like the fifth time in the last three weeks. In fact, there, it is like the fifth time in the last, uh, going back to August 23rd, you had the series against uh, the Giants. Harper tied it, um, and then the Phillies lose 8-6. to six. Uh, You had the game against the Angels, where Harper gives them the go-ahead uh, three-run home run for his 300th career home run, and they lose 10-8. to eight. Uh, September 1st, uh, Trey Turner in Milwaukee hits a go-ahead home run in the eighth inning, and they can't hold on, and they lose that game. Uh, on uh, uh, September 11th, uh, again, just on, on Monday, Harper ties it, and they lose 10-8, to 8, and then the, day, the next night, Turner ties it, and they lose it 7-6. to 6. Uh, It's just, you can't, how many, I don't know how many body blows you can take like that and still still maintain your ability to fight, but this team does, they score late, and that's one of the things, like, you, you realize, it's a dichotomy with this team. They're never out of a game, which is great. I think that what Corey Seidman also noted, they've scored 63 runs in the seventh inning or later in their last 25 games coming in tonight, which is 11 more than any other team in the majors. They are never out of it. They can still score in bunches. They're hitting home runs, which is, they're still hitting home runs, which is, which is a good thing. But they lack the ability to play fundamental baseball at important times. And when you, when you've got games that are late and close, when you've got one-run games, when you're playing in extra innings, and I'm, I'm thankful that in the playoffs they don't have the ghost runner on second. Um, I just for whatever reason the Phillies don't seem to do well with that scenario where you where you can productive outs will get you a run, and they they don't seem to be able to do that effectively. They don't have the guys on their team like Brandon Marsh. 
We remember game five of the World Series last year. Remember they had in the eighth inning, they had the runner on third and less than two out. They're down three to two and Marsh struck out. You know, it's just, it's kind of those things that you've got to be able to just put a ball in play. J to Real Muto. And I, I want to talk about Real Muto for a second. Oh. And and then and that play uh, when they had first and second, and, and you, we were texting back and forth during the course of this game. And you mentioned like, this is, you know, when they didn't convert that opportunity after the Trey Turner home run and they get first and second with nobody out, you said, you text like that, that was their chance. Like there's, they're, they're not winning at this point because you could have prevented the Braves from getting another shot at it. You kind of, I think everybody kind of knew that if the game went into extra innings, the Braves were probably going to get that zombie runner in at, at mm-hmm. the very least. They were going to score at least one run in the top of the 10th because they, it's, it's, a, it's the Braves with a runner in scoring position. They didn't even have to pay for like, he's just there. Right. That, right. That's, that runs coming in. Count that yeah. run. Do Count that run. So, so you're almost, you almost feel like you have to score there in the bottom of the ninth inning and Real Muto comes up and it wasn't even a competitive at bat against Real Sil Iglesias. And it was, uh, there's been a lot of conversation about Rob Thompson. Should he have bunted JT Real Muto in that situation? Um, I will tell you, I don't think there's any way they should have bunted JT Real Muto in that situation simply because JT Real Muto doesn't know how to bunt. He's have his, his one sacrifice bunt in his career was back in 2015. If you send him up there trying to bunt, he's going to strike out. He's going to foul the ball off. He's going to miss it entirely. He might break his face falling down as he tries to bunt the baseball. Like he, you, you can argue that every major league player should know how to bunt properly. We could have that conversation but players don't bunt in baseball anymore. And there's good reason for that. Sacrifice bunts largely will lose you innings and lose you games. And so it's just not something that's practiced a whole lot anymore. But in that kind of a situation where all you need is one run and you can get a run with a productive out, getting those runners to second and third was absolutely imperative. And so if JT Real Muto can't do the job by swinging away, a play there would have been to bring in... and. Maybe this was just not a realistic thought, but Garrett Stubbs is a phenomenal bunter. One of the, probably the best bunter on the team. If you say to yourself, "Listen, we've got to get these guys over. We're going to get it down with a bunt. We're going to pull JT here. We're going to put Garrett Stubbs in to to lay down the bunt, you know, and, and try to win this game right now, right here in the bottom of the ninth inning." Because Realmuto's not going to hit again. You know what I mean? Like that that spot's not even getting if around he to him is. Again. Are you really losing a whole lot right now by swapping no. him out late in the game? What's yeah? No. What's what's he doing that Garrett Stubbs isn't doing right now with a baseball bat? Right, and and I would almost rather see Stubbs in the lineup right now. Especially, I would much rather see Stubbs in a, in a, coming up in a big spot. I mean, I I had uh, the Real Muto numbers one eighty six with runners in scoring position. JT Real Muto oh, one eighty six with runners in scoring position, and at home. He's hitting 192 coming into the game here on Wednesday. So you, there is there is a baseball reason to remove him from the game and bring in Garrett Stubbs. What's your take on on the Real Muto bunting and and what Rob Thompson should have done there? Yeah, I mean that's the logic that that, that logical train that you just laid out kind of feels like yeah that's that seems like the move. I I could see being like no JT can get this run in. You know, there's versions of JT that have existed that we have seen who can drive that run in. Uh, but when you're looking in that moment in almost a vacuum, it just seems like the right thing to do. And I, you know, I, I hate sitting here and second guessing somebody's thought process, but like looking at it from as broad a view as we have of it, yeah, you, you're playing not to not to pound the ball, not to keep the keep the line moving here. You're playing to score a single run. Mm-hmm. That was like all they needed to do. Yeah, you don't need a multi-run simple. inning here. Yeah. Right. 
So you you don't need JT to, to crank one over the fence or put one in the corner. You need those runners on second and third. I mean, you, he can do those things, and it will bring the run in. But, like, if you want to simplify it, especially, my, my point being, especially because JT Real Muto has not been the Phillies' best hitter all year, and that's putting that generously. Uh, he, has, he has not been much of an offensive asset, and he certainly has not come up big in a lot of big moments. So if your thought process is, boy, a bunt would move those guys over, and all we need is one run, and you have two catchers, and one of them's a really good bunter, and the other one just waved at strike two, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's a move you can make there that seems like it makes sense. I don't know what exactly is going through Thompson's head. This is one of, you know, a, a bunch of decisions that uh, kind of make you shake your head that are just kind of thrown into the overall blender. That's That's been the month of September for the Phillies. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was just kind of like an added twist on the formula, the heartbreaking formula they've created this month as far as losing goes. Like, why not throw in an extra inning component? Why not throw in an automatic runner component? <laughs> like, let's just do – let's let's try that and see how heartbreaking yeah. that is. Let's watch the Braves knock their runner in and then give the Phillies the same chance – and then watch them not knock in a runner on from uh, from second base for the second inning or in a row. And when I texted you that, I, I completely believed that was true. And you know, of course, it yeah. wound up being true. But like that, that was that was it right there. They had that was the moment. Not just like they had the runner in scoring position. That was the moment. Like that was yeah, that the was vibes, it. the energy in that moment. Like that was it. You win the game there. That they didn't was just startling honestly like that was yeah. i i don't want anyone to be like, oh you, what are you surprised by this kind of thing at this point no but it is still like jarring in the moment to be like oh really again yeah again we just can't do it so yeah i think at that point to thompson <laughs> it's a little surprising he wasn't in the mind space of just like hey let's try something different let's let's do something maybe a little wacky here that could you know could get me uh, scrutinized for the decision but also i'm going to be able to explain why it was uh, it was the move I felt could win us the game. So well, like, j- just throw something else into the mix because you got to break this pattern that's fo- clearly forming in front of you. Yeah, and, and he, the thing too is that we've seen Rob Thompson with some of these veteran guys do what he needs to do in order to win a game. Moving Castellanos and Trey Turner down to the eight hole when they're struggling at different points. You know, right. very he, he open ref- to platoons. You know, yeah, all season very, long. Yep, very open to platoons. I mean, and it just you, there's a logical. You I mean you could sell that to JT Real Muto. And say, listen, we need, we need, we need to get these guys over. And I just, I want to bunt. I want to bunt these guys over. I want to, you know, I want to keep the pressure on Iglesias. I'm going to put up Garrett. He's got like six bunt singles this year. I mean, the guy can, the guy knows how to handle a bunt and how to handle a bat. And that, in that situation, I get, I had all the con- And so then, you know, if that happens, you bring the infielders in. Um, Austin Riley is playing up, up much closer, probably on the grass, and Castellanos hits that rocket, not only does it take the double play out of order, it probably gets through because he hit it down the line. So you're, you you almost certainly win the game if Garrett Stubbs is able to convert the sacrifice bunt. And again, no guarantee Stubbs is able to do that, but Iglesias, Iglesias isn't terribly nasty. Like, his stuff is pretty straight. You, he seems to me like a guy that you could get a bunt down on without a whole lot of difficulty if if you're experienced and you know how to do it. So, I, I in the moment, I wasn't thinking about Garrett Stubbs, and somebody mentioned it after the game, and I was, and I thought, oh, that, that was the play right there. Not to have JT bunt, but to have Garrett Stubbs bunt. Because I do not think Real Muto, um, and, and if, if, if they want to devote some time in spring training next year to getting everybody to be able to execute a bunt in a situation like this, then I'm all for it. Yeah. I mean, Iglesias is a changeup guy. He throws his changeup 36% of the time. Like, mm-hmm. 
you can you can get a bun off him. And I feel like if the Phillies were successful, uh, they were successful at a couple of things. But one of those things this series, despite the loss, was they kind of got into Glacius's head I think, twice. Oh, yeah. They yep. they rattled him like they 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 at least knew how to hit him. Him coming into a game was not a death sentence for the Phillies. So that he was still in the game at that point was an asset for them. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you know. Again, we're we're working from retrospect, but you know I can see the logic there. If you make that move, you're going to at least be able to explain it. Yeah, and it just it's again it comes down to the fundamentals of of executing these little things. And in the playoffs last year, it didn't really rear its head for the Phillies because in, in, in a lot of their wins, they just they pounded the baseball and and they you know they had they had good starting pitching. So in a lot of cases, they didn't really need to. You know they didn't need to execute in those in those late and close moments, and, and when they did, it was generally speaking with a with a long ball. Bryce Harper in, in Game Five of the NLCS, they didn't really need to you know move a runner, hit a sacrifice fly to get him in. But um, it it definitely it definitely was a, a major thing that happened this week against the Braves in in the first and the third game. And the Phillies, honestly, they could have taken the first three games of the series, but it went it it went the other way. So now we just kind of have to hope. And I want to actually before we move off from the Braves. Um, the WIP Midday Show did a poll that I thought was a good one, and I'm kind of surprised at the answers here. But I think maybe you might you might answer in the same way that most of the fan base has answered this question. Has this series, and this was before the game, they asked this question before the game here on Wednesday. He's like, Justin, I expect you to have the opinion of the rest of the sheep that that's correct. the hive mind that responded to this poll. That, oh, is, that is correct. That's what Got I'm it. expecting from you. Yeah, 100%. Has the series versus the Braves made you feel better or worse about a potential playoff series against them? <laughs> that is a good question. It's a good question. Sometimes these polls are are nonsense, but I I read that and I was like, ooh, that is a good question. I so will how- feel I, I I at the moment I feel like it's incredibly uh in, it incredibly incredibly influential of a potential playoff series between these two teams. Uh, but the further we get from this series the less I will think that. Uh, that the added twist being that they now have to go into Atlanta later. So whatever mm-hmm. happens down there, which we're already saying is going to be It'll sweet, inform our decision. That'll inform my, our decision. But if the Phillies get to the postseason and make it to facing the Braves, I will, like the se- regular season records, kind of probably throw out my emotional state from that point and just be like, they're in the playoffs now. Anything can happen. So th- there is yeah. a certain amount of refreshing that goes on between the regular and postseason. Um, but yeah, at, in the moment, I, I feel very down. The Braves looked like the better team. They looked like the better team uh, in like big moments. They could mm-hmm. win by a little. Uh, they showed they could rally. When they were down, and they showed they could just beat the Phillies. They could just they could just run right over them. Use a strong pitching start and score a couple runs and call it a day. So, so you are you are you are with the masses. Fifty eight percent people ah, of people said. Well, you they called feel, that. They uh, they said <laughs> said they feel feel worse um, after after uh, watching this series rather than better. And I I go the other way on that. I I do. I think you feel better. I feel a little better um, because I feel like what I watched from this Phillies team was that they can go toe to toe with this team offensively, which mm. See, that's a I, choice though. That's a choice you're making to, to, to view it that way. I, I don't, feel. well, I mean, we, it played out that way. I mean, they, they, 
they matched him basically until this game on Wednesday, and and you know they they just can't hit Spencer Strider. I don't care what Spencer Strider is doing unless Spencer Strider is you know well, facing Reese Hoskins. Well, they're going to have to face him. In the well, yeah, they are. So they 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 are. But I mean, I, I think offensively for for the for the rest of the pitching staff, and and you know, I think Zach Wheeler will do better against the Braves the next time they face him. But you know, I don't know that for sure. But I don't feel like the Braves are leaps and bounds better than this team. I, I really don't. I think that offense, I agree with that. I agree and, with. and I think, I th- I think offensively, they, I was just gonna say, I think they match up more than people realize. I think this is the team outside of maybe the Brewers. I think this is the team the Braves least want to face because I think the Phillies probably less than other teams have no fear of this Braves team. And I think that's a big thing. I, I think, I don't think the Phillies knowing they beat them in the NLDS last year and knowing that they can, I mean, those losses were, horrific and gut punching in the first and third game of the series but for the team to be able to come back from six to one down like they did and in the first game to come back the way they did kind of tells you like they're not intimidated by playing the braves that they can come back that they can that they can figure out a way and if they can if they can fix some of the small ball stuff they can they can win a game like that in the playoffs. So I feel, and, and if they get if they get blown out in three games down in Atlanta, I won't feel as good. But if I'm looking at this series right now, I feel better. I feel a little better about a, playing the Braves in a potential playoff series because I think what this said to the Braves, like you mentioned, that the fact the Phillies got to their bullpen, their their bullpen is is gettable. Razel Iglesias. He he he's gonna have cold sweats facing the Phillies from from here on out. He he wants no part of of, of facing the Phillies, and so you get to you get him in a in a late game uh, situation in a playoff series. You you have a shot, I think, and I think he knows that the Phillies know that. I think there's some psychology here that the Braves do not want to face this team in the playoffs. As good as the Braves are, and as as good as they're feeling about themselves, this was I think Matt Gelb called it a meat grinder of a series, and it it really really was. It was it, it was. It was it was really a meat just a meat grind. It's a perfect description. I was trying to think of another description, but that's it. A real garbage disposal of a four game set. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I think I agree with what you're saying about the Phillies not being intimidated by the Braves, which I think is is very valuable. Uh, I also think the outcome is the outcome, and that's what people are going to be reflecting on. And yeah. you know, looking ahead to a playoff series, you know. I don't think you're going to be sitting here applauding if the Phillies get swept but lose every game by one run. Like, sure, they'll mm-hmm. be proving that they're 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 not just a team the Braves could run over, but they're still a half step behind the Braves. And at the end of the day, a half step behind them is still behind them. That being yeah. said, I've been saying all year this team is capable of beating or losing to every team in baseball. I, I don't think you know they may yeah, not even right. know who that's they're right. playing at yeah. any time. Um, yeah, you know, and that that's just like that's just their approach and. Yeah, this is grasping at straws, but something else I, I I noticed, and this was even beyond the Brave series, was that when they do mess up in big spots, you see a lot of smashed bats and thrown helmets, mm-hmm. and especially like Alec Bohm, especially is is very emotive, and, I, and not in like a not in a way that it's impacting his performance, at least not that I think at the moment, but just to see that frustration is just it, you can you can see that implying that like look, I think I should have done better, I think we should have gotten that hit, I think we should have won that game, and obviously the Phillies would tell you that, but I think you're also just seeing a, some objective evidence of that in their emotional play during during this series 
You know, this is not a team that like a strikeout and then head down, go back to the dugout. Like they are, yeah. they wanted to win and they think they can. And I do think they can too. Uh, but you know, recency bias in baseball, especially in September, is increase is incredibly impactful on opinions. And it's tough not to watch them lose this series the way they did and not look at it negatively. I think yeah. your perspective is valid and eventually people may may land there, especially if they start doing well again outside of playing the Braves. But yeah, this is uh, this was a tough one to take, and I think people's immediate reactions are very strong. Yeah, and it, it was, and this was this was a brutal se- a brutal series. It really was the way it, the way the games played out. Um, I like I said, the, the losing four to one on Wednesday was almost a relief. Like I just don't know that I could have taken another late inning close loss where you come up just short. I I, I just it's it's I'm less angry. I mean that and that was the thing. Those those two losses to to start off the series just kind of made you angry. Um, as, as you're watching them, because you just, you, you know, you've got this opportunity and, and you don't know how many more of those opportunities you're going to get. Now, looking ahead at the schedules, kind of the Phillies have 16 games left. Uh, they have three games in St. Louis, uh, like we mentioned uh, this weekend. Uh, the Phillies should win that series. Then they go into Atlanta for a three game series. Uh, they have a, um, then they have a, I think it's a four-game series against the Mets at home, a three-game series against the Pirates at home, and then they finish up with three in New York against the Mets. And so, the the Phillies have of their of their last sixteen games, thirteen of them are against teams with losing records who are in near last place in their in their divisions. And so, uh, you look at the Cubs. The Cubs have three with Atlanta. They have three with Milwaukee. They have three with Arizona. So they've got nine games against uh, pretty good teams left. So. They have a difficult road. San Francisco has seven games against the Dodgers still to play, and then two more against Arizona. Uh, you're looking at the Reds. The Reds have a pretty easy schedule from here on out. They have three against the Twins. That's their toughest opponent. And then they get three against the Cardinals, one against the Tigers, three with the Pirates, uh, three with the Mets, and two with the Guardians. Um, who else am I, who am I forgetting here? Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think that's everybody. Diamondbacks, you did them? I did not. No, Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks have some tough games coming up here. They got three against the Astros. They have three against the Cubs, two against the Giants, three against the Yankees. Uh, And then really the only teams with losing records are the White Sox, three games against the White Sox and one against the Mets. So it's just it's going to be who can take advantage of the bad teams that they're going to play from here on out. And this series will be just kind of a, a, a an afterthought if the Phillies can do their work against the Pirates against the Mets and against the Cardinals here over these last 16 games if they can handle if, if they can handle in those 13 games you know if they can go nine and four which should be expected against that kind of competition in their last 13 games heck if they go even eight and five that might be good enough to get the job done but nine and four, Really should be what we expect in those thirteen games against those against those losing teams, and then you hope you win one against the Braves in Atlanta. But um, I don't know, man. Was it, how does nine and four sound to you? Uh, I mean, it sounds like something the August 2023 Phillies could have handled pretty easily. Um, I, I I feel like we are just waiting for the day in September that the Phillies start playing like they were two weeks ago because how they're playing now is a little too spotty. A little too wobbly and a, a little, little too Septembery, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> unreliable to instill much faith. Um, you know, yeah, they 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 got to take advantage where they can, and that's the key to beating the Braves. They couldn't do it as much in that series, but it's also true for facing these other teams. And it's a lot less excusable to lose a series to the Cardinals, even in St. Louis. It's a lot less excusable to lose a series to the Pirates. 
You know, the, the, the Mets. The Mets are not playing to win right now. You should be able to make some hay against the Mets. And so, you know, again, logic dictates they should be able to pick up some wins against these teams, and that should put people in a better mental state watching this team because they're playing more like the team they're supposed to be. Um, I, I, maybe things don't even go as poorly as we were saying they will in Atlanta. I just feel like that's that's the headspace you got to be in approaching three games there uh, this time of year. So yeah, I, I think they certainly are capable of that. It just you know it's it's been a rough month, and it, it, it you don't you don't speak with as much confidence as you did a month ago about the team that was hitting you know fifty seven home runs, hit more home runs than in a month than any Phillies team in history. Uh, this yeah. team isn't as reliably powerful anymore. It was a fun month. So they got to be able to rely on something. I think that's the key here. There's there's very few they they they've had different components emerge as strengths throughout the season, and they've mm-hmm. been able to rely on those strengths even when they were the only thing going right. And right now, I think everything. I don't know what you would point to right now as the strongest part about this team that was really on display in these four games against the Braves. Yeah, and I'll just answer that question. I think it's the top of the lineup and and their star players. Um, you know, mm-hmm. specifically uh, Schwarber, Turner, Harper, yeah. and then you could throw in contributions from Bohm. Stott was his his gotten himself righted a little bit here. Um, Castellanos and Real Muto still drive you crazy, and you just don't know which which of those guys you're going to get on a day-in, day-out basis. But offensively, that's, I think they're still doing a good job. That's part, um, like part of one thing, though. You know, I, I feel like... Uh, well, they're not all going to hit at the same time, though. Right? I understand I mean, like, that, but the depth of the lineup and the offense was part of what was making it so strong in August. Right. I mean, when you point right. to who... What was working? Everybody except Jake Cave was working. Everybody was hitting. Yeah, uh, everybody and now, was hitting. if you're going to... Uh, relegate that to three guys okay you know those are three very good hitters who can carry an offense together i think but, but it's probably it, unreasonable to expect them to keep doing it correct. at the rate they've been doing it and if you can't rely on any of the pitchers or if you don't really feel confident in in anybody on the pitching staff right now then those guys can homer all day if if they want but if the pitching can't yeah. hold up then it's not going to matter that much and and that's the thing that needs to to get fixed here over these last two and a half weeks the starting pitching needs to step up and, and that's really what this is going to come down to. They, the starting pitching needs to pitch better. Uh, Zach Wheeler, I, he'd been pitching great. Again, you don't know if he just is running into uh, an Atlanta Braves buzzsaw uh, and he got hosed by the by the umpire a couple different times. Could have been a much different start, um, but he's been phenomenal before then. I, f- I fully expect him to be really good in his next start, but... What do you? What is Aaron Nola going to give you? What is Ranger Suarez going to give you? Uh, it looks like Michael Lorenzen is going to go to the bullpen, but can Chris Sanchez? Can they take advantage of these great Chris Sanchez starts? Um, what is Taiwan Walker going to do from from here on out? Can these guys write themselves against inferior opponents? And this, these these should be teams that this starting rotation can kind of get their legs under them and and start to give them more length start to shut some team, put up some more zeros here instead of some of these crooked number innings that we see pop up every now and then, which will in turn make things easier on the bullpen. It'll mean you don't have to wear guys out quite as much and use Sir Anthony Dominguez in scary situations and use Jose Alvarado in scary situations. You you hope that by the starting rotation figuring this out that will that will make things easier on the bullpen it'll also put less pressure on the offense quite frankly to feel like they've got to hit four home runs every game just to bail you out in the later innings and that's really what this if if this team is going to is going to finish this thing it's going to be on the backs of the starting pitching and it's got to be on the backs of Zach Wheeler Aaron Nola Taiwan Walker and Ranger Suarez i mean Chris Sanchez is going to make a start every fifth day too you know, I don't think he's in the playoff rotation at this point, even though I think he probably should be. But 
those guys have to do it every fifth day against the weaker opponents from from here on out. If they do that, then then they're in great shape. And even after the loss here on Wednesday, Fangraphs still has the Phillies at 96.2% to make the playoffs. Now, that's not the top wildcard spot. That's just to get one of the three. But this team's going to the playoffs. You just, you really want that home series in the wildcard round. And it's going to have to come on the backs of the starting pitching to get them there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's... That was a strength uh, a couple months ago, and now we're just we're looking at a bunch of guys, you know, that we know some guys in particular who have been criticized in the past for running out of gas in September, and then mm-hmm. last year t- seemed to tell a different story. Uh, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we learned that you know people people are just gassed out there. It's been a long yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, very, I, I feel like few few have of them have really been missing a lot of starts. You know, obviously Suarez came into the season late. Um, but uh, Walker was even afforded some rest uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Lorenzen is blasted way past his pitch total um, or his innings total for, for his career. Um, and Wheeler is, you know, he threw 213 innings in 2021 when he won his Cy Young, and he's thrown up 175 so far mm-hmm. this year. So, like, yeah. he's on pace. And Nola's a whole other thing. I yeah. don't even consider no, him a whole part other... of the rotation. <laughs> it's just, a whole other thing. He's a whole chapter in and of himself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but when they asked Rob Thompson, hey, look, what's your what's your playoff rotation? Uh, he just pretty much listed the players on the Phillies. You know, the, it's Wheeler, it's Nola, it's Ranger, it's Walker. It's, you know, it's the starting pitchers on the Philadelphia Phillies. And you're just reminded that, like, oh, right, nobody else is coming through that door <laughs> at this point. Lorenzen was the answer to kind of soften the blow of the innings that had to be pitched in the second half. And, yeah. boy, he is, uh, he is looking more and more used up, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean that is that that is all you can say at this point though. It's like we know what some of these guys are capable of and they got to step up to that level. How? I don't know. I haven't been throwing uh you know 150 200 innings since this since March, you know. My arm's not about to fall off my body. My elbow's not sore. I'm not thinking about the future. So, may, who knows what these guys are going through, the condition they're in, but yeah, all you can really say from our position is like you just you need better starting pitching. You need better yeah. foundations for these games. You need to you need to pre- prevent offenses from ambushing you in the first and second inning. You got to stop starting games and runs in holes that are three or four runs deep. You got to stop putting as much pressure on the bullpen and on the offense to save you to bail you out. And this is all stuff they know, but we're just we're just not seeing it. Yeah. Everything's looking a little too noodly for the mid September. And, and to be fair. Most of the National League contenders are having similar issues with their with their pitching. The, the Dodgers have essentially two starting pitchers right now. Yeah. Uh, the the Brewers have their have their top three, but um, their bullpen has some issues. And after the top three, uh, it's a, it's a problem. But in a playoff series, if you have three good ones, the, the, the Brewers could be a team you're scared of. But the Cubs have big time pitching issues. Um, the the Reds, Braves. Have, the Braves have their issues too. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, they everybody everybody's got pitching issues this time of year. The Phillies are no different, uh, and they actually have six starting pitchers that they can that they can go to. I'm sure the Dodgers are just would love to have two of those <laughs> two of those guys in the fold right now. They'd kill for Michael Lorenzen to make some starts for them right now. But um, I don't know. I don't have anything left to say, Justin. After after these last couple of games, we just kind of hope that um, this Brave series was just. You're going up against a, a team that's playing as as well offensively as any team we've seen come along in quite a number of years, and that uh, maybe we start to see uh, a better Phillies pitching performance and uh, a little bit less craziness as the schedule starts to get a little bit easier here over the last uh, three weeks. Um, any final thoughts from you? 
Uh, just some self-promotion. I'll have a feature on Baseball Prospectus tomorrow that was inspired by my disappointment in the Phillies' losses. Of this I can't Braves wait to series. read this one. <laughs> and uh, I just uh, finished recording a segment for the Philadelphia Sports Table podcast as well. Uh, but that was midway through the Braves series, so I might not have been as devastated a man at that point. But You, you uh, can compare and contrast the two Justins. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's been enough programming in the past few days. You can pretty much track my emotional <laughs> state from the beginning to the end of these four games against the Braves. And yeah, you'll just watch a man go deranged. There's a flow chart, and you can you can see you can see it you can see it move quite a bit. Um, all right, everybody. Well, listen, we went through it this week. Um, the Braves are behind us here. This uh, this uh, homestand is behind us, and uh, this team does play much better at home, but maybe getting on the road uh, and getting a day off will kind of help cleanse the palate a little bit to get, take on the St. Louis Cardinals, a team that's uh, going nowhere but does still have some, some decent offensive threats over there. But the Phillies should be able to handle business in St. Louis. They have to if they want to continue on and uh, get that top wild card spot. Um, listen, folks, we're doing lots of stuff here over at the Hit and Season and Patreon as well. So I want to make sure that you check out the, the Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash season and all of the podcasts, uh, all of the blog posts we do for Billy Penn can be found at our landing page over there. That's billypenn.com slash season. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right here on Hit and Season. Hit and Season.